Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your faithful co-host, Nick Bogart, and tonight we have joining us the guys from Purgatory Miniatures Games. The game's name, Purgatory. They told you I was going to forget something. So, we have Gary Devereaux with us, and we have Aiden Lorenzo. Knew I was going to forget that. Glad I wrote it down. Also joining us is our host, Tim but because he had some technical issues, he told me to take over. He's going to be the one that's shut up and in the corner tonight. Yeah, for the most part. <laughs> so how's it going, everybody? Aiden? Hi, guys. How are you doing? You're right. <laughs> I'm good. Tim? I'm doing you? fine over here. Good, good. So, um... Thanks for having us on tonight. Really appreciate it. Uh, we've come to talk about our game, uh, which comes to Kickstarter in a couple of weeks. So um, we're happy to talk about any bits you want to you, you want to ask questions about. Really, awesome. So just off the top, while uh, Tim still lets me talk, tell us a little bit about your game. Okay, so Purgatory uh, is a game. It's a skirmish game, thirty-two mil scale. Um, basically, the idea came from a bit of a brain fart. Uh, a while ago now, over a year and a half ago, where um, I happened to decide that I wanted to paint a specific type of model. I realized there weren't many of that type of model on the marketplace, uh, and in that model I'm talking about angels. Uh, and I got to thinking that actually maybe um, I could bring something uh, out, maybe just do one model to start with, um, perhaps commission a guy to do something that I really wanted specifically, more bespoke. And then it's kind of just tumbleweeded from there and it and, and snowballed into something that's become quite massive. Um, in the early days, it was pretty much just looking at artwork, finding uh, really cool artists. We got really, really lucky. Uh, we have a lady that works for uh, or has done work for Kingdom Death working for us. Uh, we found her pretty early um, and it's just developed characters and we've didn't, didn't stop at one. We went for another character and then another character and then... Aiden came on board. Uh, we've been best friends since we're kids. Um, he kept sort of asking me why I was writing stuff in, in notepads rather than talking to him about whatever was on TV or whatever else. Uh, and I kind of just told him, uh, and he was really interested, and he got into the game. So we started then talking about what I was trying to achieve, and and and, and we kind of really just – it's evolved from there. You know, when I first thought of the idea, I never thought it was going to be – uh, what it is now, but actually, you know, a good sort of year ago, we put a plan together as to what we thought Purgatory could be. So Purgatory is a, is a skirmish-based game. It's got a traditional theme to it. Um, it's, we wanted to make it very familiar to people, something that they could quite easily pick up and they could play quite simply. Um, we've tried to combine aspects from uh, different gaming experiences that we both have um, different things that we'd like, different things that we value, and also things that are popular in, in other systems to try and bring them together along, alongside a little bit of reality, um, to bring something fresh, something different, but something that's got a little bit of dark humor and a bit of comedy about it that's going to make people want to play the game. Awesome. So your game, and I've mentioned this to you as we've been discussing it, your game reminds me of uh, of a couple of things. Um, the first one is a series by, I think it's Robert Kroos, called uh, Mercury Rises. And, you know, it deals with an angel, dark humor, um, war on Earth that's, you know, been going between heaven and hell. And then it also reminds me of the Sandman Slim novels. I don't remember the author for that. 
um, in that it you know once again uh, you know on earth heaven and hell battling back and forth uh, and, and lots lots of you know kind of dark humor or just humor in general because your game deals with <coughs> heaven and hell it's got angels fighting fallen angels and people getting caught up in the middle yeah that's right it's um there's there's one thing that we try and do um within the the world of purgatory is we try and apply a spin on things that that challenges what the norm is so so you pointed out there uh, the heaven and hell I, I can explain that in a little bit more detail basically we we do have heaven and hell but we've given them a different kind of classification um the the purgatory is about basically um angels fighting angels we don't really we do have devils we do have nightmares and we do have things like that but we haven't kind of got the pit versus the holy land kind of thing um basically what happened is that the gods they 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 were sort of childish they bickered amongst themselves and they always wanted to know who was the best one and because you're a god you know how do you prove you're better than another god so eventually they come up with the idea that actually they could never decide they need to let other people do it for them so they set up this thing called the celestial games they got given a canvas and they went and made whatever they liked. They made different races, different worlds, different galaxies, different realms. And and then whatever whatever spawned from that would be invited to the Celestial Games. And then the person that got, or the god, sorry, that got the most victories or the quickest to 101, uh, he was deemed to be the best god because his creations were better than the other creations. And and so Earth's the setting of purgatory, just to give it a familiar theme. But uh, and we've got so much rich work we can work with, uh, or you know, lots of flavour. But the the Earth is part of the seventh realm, and Satan uh, was part of. Well, he was the, the commander in chief, if you know what I mean, of the seventh realm. And he was a pretty good guy as well. He was really passionate about it. He was really sort of on the ball. He 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 tried to drag the realm up. Um, but he'd failed, unfortunately. The gods sort of overlooked humans as being as a bit rubbish and a bit crap and, you know, not that great. And, and they didn't learn a lot from them. And there were other races that were better. And basically, he got a bit cross about it and said, you know, well, if you don't want this realm, if you're going to you're going to turn away, if you turn your light away from it. You know, I'll be its God, I'll be its ruler. And then the big schism happened within heaven where angel fought angel. Um, and, that, and that's what kind of happened, basically. And then, and then, basically, uh, Michael, the greatest of the archangels, he turned up and he had a scrap with Satan. I'm, I'm generalizing a little bit here, but um, they kicked they, they they kicked the the fallen angels out, the ones that rebelled, and they got cast out across the seventh realm. And some landed on Earth, some landed on other planets that form part of other phases of our game. And it, and it's really quite important where they ended up and landed and like. So the angels that land on Earth, they started. To, they went to hiding initially, and then they started manipulating humans to try and sort of get their own nefarious sort of schemes going. And a lot of the things that have happened throughout our past are, uh, can be attributed to angels in our world, like wars or assassinations or certain events. And, and basically, that's our way of sort of weaving them into our own, you know, you know, our own human history. So basically, purgatory is an age within the human sort of calendar, if that makes sense. To go back to the bit about hell, hell is a classification. So the angels built a heaven as like a, it's like a like a blast door uh, to stop sort of the the creations from the realms getting into the gods' paradise, basically. So these guys were sort of like the protectors and the guardians, but also the you know the sort of enforcers as well. But a hell is, is, is actually a heaven that's fallen from grace 
uh, where actually the realm has devolved, it's degenerated, they've fought amongst each other, they've, you know, they've destroyed their realm basically, and then now this this heaven is classified as a hell because actually there's nothing worth saving beyond it. Awesome. Um, that's that's actually a you know a lot more information about it, and uh, it sounds uh, really interesting. So... Thank you very much. <laughs> And all written in notebooks until somebody yelled at you. So, with that, um, how does the game play? Okay, so one of the things that we wanted to do uh, with Purgatory is, is I think I think at some point we, we all have our roots in a in a particular game, whether it be Games Workshop, um, whether it be Malifaux, or anything else like that, basically. And um, one of the things that we wanted to do was to try and bring back the good old uh, tried and tested fun that is army writing. So, so basically, it's a skirmish game that plays on a 4 by 4 board, and you have your own faction. So you have a host that leads each faction, that's the angel, and then you have to have an apostle and a prophet within that. You can basically pick whoever you want. There are benefits to you picking the host that's aligned to a particular cohort. So, for example, Erishkagel is the natural host for the Soul Train. So if you select all Soul Train members with that host, you get benefits and buffs. If you don't, you pay a mercenary cost, but you can pretty much have any character you want in the game. So I remember going into a shop, and I know other people have done the same thing, where you've looked at a box and gone, do you know, I really like that model in the middle. Um, I don't want to buy the other four, I just want that one. So you either do it and you sell the other ones on eBay or you don't buy it or whatever. Um, and, and we're not going to do that. So what we've decided is that the whole game can be completely interactive. There's, there's all different types of synergies. Any character can go with any character. There are a couple of exceptions just to give it some some background and some fluff, if you know what I mean, to it. Um, but uh, so, so you build your faction up, typically between six and eight uh, models aside. So you have your host, your prophet, your, your apostle, and then you can have like a number of foot sloggers, uh, and a minion or something yeah. like that. Um, so, th so that's and then in, there are a number of scenarios you play. We've got quite a few scenarios um, to add a little bit of flavour to it. You have uh, weekdays, so if you, you roll a D8, and if you roll a seven, you play on a Saturday, um, and that's a specific type of scenario. Obviously, if you want to, you can choose, but that's just a mechanism. Um, and then we've also added um, a card-based system, a deck-building system into it. We have these things called Gift of the Gods cards. That each turn you can pick, you can draw one per side, and that can have an impact on the game. Some of them are quite situational, circumstantial. Others, um, they they might not even be able to be used that game turn. We tried not to have it so they had too much impact on the game. And the the, the thing we wanted to try and do with that though is that uh, we wanted uh, there to be a random aspect on it. You know, you get these people that 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 look for the best possible faction, the best combinations, and they want the best cards. It's anti-ponage, basically, isn't it? Yeah, so we basically said, well, look, you know, at the start of the game, you bring your deck to the table, they bring their deck, and then you roll a d6, and whoever wins chooses which deck you use for that game. Right. I, I really like that mechanism. And you were talking about the army list building, and when you sent us a uh you know layout of you know some of the stuff the, the first thing i said to tim he and i basically said it to each other at the same time it's like this looks like third edition warhammer 
right here at the list building and you know a force organization chart uh, do you know what it, it's interesting you say that i mean well, i mean I'll, personally i'll take that as a compliment the the um the art I, I met a lot of my friends through the hobby um and they've they've become some of my best friends actually and you know i've sat there before around a friend's house talking about whether or not to take the bow of Lorraine or, or whatever else it might be or whether to put flaming on my cannons just in case I meet that Treeman Ancient and all that other stuff. So, um, you know, we've done that. And actually there's a lot to be said about just sitting there drinking coffee or tea or whatever it might be, eating crap food and having some fun with your friends and, and just chewing over lists. And I think that's a real big part of it. I think that there's an aspect of games these days where there's so much coming out and, it, and it's fantastic for our hobby and, and for our community because so much is now on offer. But I think there's um, something that's being lost within that is what I would call longevity, which is the, the continual interplayability between uh, new models coming out, factions already exist, new factions coming along and people just saying, do you know what, I want to try and shoehorn that into my army because it does something different. It makes my army faster, it makes my army more resilient, it makes them tougher, it makes them more combat heavy, it makes them more ranged. Uh, and we've tried to um, bring those aspects to the game so that people can to, can really adapt it to their playing style. You know, I was a, you know, if you want to talk about my history, I, I was a Space Wolf player and I still am to a certain extent. I like to get in amongst it pretty quickly. It's the fun aspect for me. So, you know, something quite fast paced would be what I'd be looking for in Purgatory. And we can offer that. That's awesome. I, I do. I do miss some of the list building. You know, now you have the formations, and uh, the last thing I was playing in Warhammer 40k it was um, I was playing the Adeptus Mechanicus, and basically the best thing you could do was take the War Convocation. You know, especially I played a lot in the um, ITC realm, and so you know, taking the War Convocation because at an 1850 list my list was really ending up being 25 to 2600 points because i got all this stuff free and yeah the the adeptus mechanicus stuff is just is just i played against it once and it's amazing i mean we you know we have a we have a different gaming experience you know I, i'm quite fortunate i've been in the hobby for a long time i have a golden demon uh for painting um i have the dubious honor um of winning the first ever uk kill team event uh, held at Warhammer World um, at the glass plaque kind of thing to prove it, which was with uh, <laughs> three three screamers of Zinch and three juggernauts of corn. I think he was toughness eight by the end of the competition, which is a bit wrong, I think. But um, I think you're absolutely right. You know, you 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 have you have your roots in things, and and that and that's the benefit of having lots of different things on offer because you can drop in and out and say, you know, that really suits me or, or that doesn't suit me. Um, but I've seen that there's some standardization. I'm not sure if that's the right word, but I think it is, um, of, of trying to f not force people, but sort of, uh, coerce people into, into taking specific lists because actually that's the only one that really works for them. You know, the, the war convocation is, is, you know really really powerful and actually it's that powerful that you would immediately choose it above something else for example yeah so i think some of it is um a lot like you know kind of you know what world of warcraft did or um D, D did with uh fourth edition in that it's trying to streamline some of the stuff 
to make it mm-hmm. easier for the newer players. And you know, you see that a lot in a, any you know, go to any one of the uh, Warhammer Facebook groups and say something about list building or whatever, and you'll instantly start a flame war with half the people going. I miss Force, you know, Force Org, all of you youngins, you're just crazy, and da-da-da-da-da. But in some ways, you know, it was kind of nice, because even with, you know, how it's grown now, you you still had some leeway to customize and do stuff, but the old one was fun, because, you know, there was, you know, there was no real, you know, this is what you take. It was, this is what you can take if you do this. This is what you take if you... You, you know, and so you could you could play with it a lot more. But one of the one of the best things I ever saw, I went to a grand tournament, and it was the it was the year in which vampire counts and uh, demons and dark elves uh, were were prominent at that time. They'd been released in in quick succession, and a guy, everyone took demons because you know Zinch had so many power dice, and corn demons would just smash everything to bits. And, and Nurgle armies you just couldn't take down quick enough. And a lot of people took vampires on dragons and, and bits and pieces like that and, and blood knights and whatnot. But this one guy just... And this is where the list building comes into it. Um, this one guy just looked at everything in a different light and he just said, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have loads of assassins in my army, but I'm going to put them in uh, on dark riders and I'm going to have them really, really fast and really mobile. And I know everyone's going to take vampires and everyone's going to take demons. So actually I'll give them these poison throwing stars that just kills demons and vampires really easily and I'll win hands down. And he did. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that is, that is, you know, to bring it, you know, back to your game that is the fun with sitting down with you know list building and you know being able to have the the creativity to kind of do what you want yes there's certain limitations you have to take an hq or you know something along those lines you know there has to be one of these if you're taking this but you can you can sit there and like you said you can have a cup of tea or coffee or you can be sitting drinking a beer and going, hey, this is what I want to do. And it, you know, does bring a socialization. Because even after the match, you sit down and you look, you know, at your lists or even as you're playing and you go, wow, that is just super creative and I hate you. Yeah, you get that. You, yeah. you sit there and you kind of say to your friend, did you, you just, did you just do that? That's disgusting. You need to go and have a word with yourself. You know, your mum needs to educate you again. And, you know, it's, uh, but it, I mean, it, it's that fun. We, you know, when, when you start up a company like, like we are, you, you have to, you have to take a number of different things into consideration. You, you have to have good models because people want good models. There's so many good models out there. You, you have to have a game that has, well, we believe you have to have a game that has, uh, longevity, it has playability, it has interactivity with your friends. Uh, with your opponent and also with the models and the background. So there's already some sort of feuds and some relationships that already exist within our world that people can latch onto and, you know, have their favorite characters for a particular storyline or whatever else like that. But we've also taken into consideration people that like cards. We've taken into consideration people that, you know, I, I run a games club for a bit and there's nothing more frustrating than than being really up for playing a game and then like, somebody takes a long time in a game, that's fine because, you know, everyone plays at different speeds, but you kind of sit around waiting. And so we've, 
we we decided to, at our additional expense to create these things called Sanban cards. Um, and what they are is it's it's a kind of a triple triad game system from Final Fantasy. Um, and it allow each each character comes with one, so you can sit there and play a little little tiny side game with your friends whilst you're waiting for other games to finish. Hmm, that's interesting. So it's it's not something you play while you're playing, but if you're at a tournament and you're waiting, you can just play this other game. That's right. Yeah, and and we've kind of we've kind of like added a little bit of a boutique element to it by like. Like you know, five percent of the cards that go out have a different border. They have a limited edition, like a gold border, to them. So if you really want to, you can you can play this little game with your friends for keeps, um, you know, and try and win limited edition cards of other people or event only cards of people. <laughs> and you know, and if we fund, the idea is that we're going to do little packs, little booster packs for people. And in those booster packs, you'll get things like free models every now and again, or a free poster, or a free download, or, or whatever else it is, alongside some more Sanban cards. So you can start collecting the set, and you can play these little games uh, with your friends whilst you're you're waiting to to you know to play the the real deal, the the game itself. And so, does this little game you know tie into your your main game, Purgatory? But there's no inter- there's no interaction between the two games at all. They don't they don't other affect you the other than the characters. Yeah, so the characters in the games, you you get this nice little relation that you know, like a host, for example, is is a powerful card. Um, so you know you might want to play with a ha- with a with a deck a Sanban deck that's your particular faction, which means you've really customized your your deck to play Sanban as well. So it gives you that you know that 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 sense of it's mine, it's what I've created kind of thing. Right. So, I mean, that's that's kind of awesome that you have a mini game that's been created to go along, not directly tying into, but, you know, still features all of the stuff from your main game. That's right. Yeah. That that, that just that's just cool. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I mean, there's there's not a lot of, you know, other words to you know describe it other than, you know, that's that's just kind of cool. I have I have a mini game that I can play. You know, even if I can't play the actual game, maybe I can get a, you know, round or two in of this. And, you know, it it still kind of keeps you immersed into the game. And the world. Exactly. And when we, that, we've... Um, the world, definitely you know, we've, the world. We've thought long and hard about the world as well. And we, and we, and we don't mind admitting it. We're, we're quite childish. Um, you know, uh, you know, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to swear on this podcast, so you can tell me whether I can or not. Um, of course you can. Yes. Cool. So, definitely. so one of our big sections within our rulebook, because uh, the rules are done, they've been play tested. Uh, we have a play testing group on Facebook, and and we've you know we've taken everyone's comments into consideration. Obviously, there's more faction testing depending on what unlocks, but we have a section called scary shit. Um, <laughs> nice. So you know, rather than just uh, psychology. Or something like that, fear. or fear, or other things. You know, you're just scared of shit, and um, and that and that's the kind of thing we've got. We've got a character called uh, Moloch. Um, you know, if he gets hold of you, he'll just stuff you in his chest and burn you to death and incinerate you. He has a move called the clap. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, that, that um, all is scary shit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that is scary shit. You're right. The clap is definitely scary definitely shit. Scary. But but you know, and 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 it, and it kind of makes you wonder. And and the thing is, you know, we we 
We talked about longevity earlier. We talked about the little side game. You know, one of the things that we want to do is we want to create a community. And and it's not for vanity, and I mean that sincerely. You know, again, I go back to the fact that I've met some really cool people through the hobby. Um, But we're going, one of the things that we're going to do as part of our Kickstarter, one of the stretch goals, actually, is that if we stretch past a certain point, every single person that pledges uh, over a certain value, and it's not a high value either, um, gets invited free of charge to the first ever Purgatory Grand Tournament Series. Uh, we're going to do four events in the UK, um, and they'll be at different points of the compass. And then people can come along, they can play the game, and then if you qualify, you'll go to the final. And we've already decided, you know, we're, we're thinking a long way ahead. Um, we've already decided what the prizes would be for that. Uh, we're going to give people the opportunity to have a faction that absolutely nobody else has. They'll be the first people to get it. But also the childish aspect that that we have. Um, when I was a, when I was younger, we used to have a foosball table at my work, and um, if you got beaten ten nil at foosball, you got pantsed, uh, which means that you had to run around the foosball table uh, with just your pants on, and, and that. That was in a main office of a of a of a, a decent sized organization, and it only happened twice. So our childish aspect is that in a particular scenario, if for example you happen to turn up at the tournament and you get beaten uh, seven to nil, then we will give you a pair of purgatory wife fronts that you can adore forever. <laughs> that is awesome. But we're just childish, you know, um, and and that's the fun aspect of it. We we've added fun to the humor game. Humor, the fun. Yeah, there's humor. There's there's a there's a there's irony. A, yeah, satire. And that's what we're trying to achieve. We we want we want people to 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 look across the table and go, "You ain't going to use the clap on me, are you?" You're like, "Yeah, I'm going to give you the clap. You're going to get that clap <laughs> like that." And and it's. And it's that just that bit where you have that that banter across banter. the table, and it makes it it makes it memorable. You know, you, you know, you'll be you you'll be sitting there with your friends, and you'll be list building, and you go, oh, "I played against Pete the other week. Yeah, he beat me. My last model's on the objective, and Moloch come over and give me the clap." You know, I can't believe it. Um, you know, we have cats uh, that run round, and they can run past people, and they give you rabies. <laughs> Um, so and, and you know, and that affects you in game. You know, that reduces your defense down. So actually, it's a really, really, really useful mechanic because they they kind of charge around the table. They're hard to get hold of, but at the same time, they're little cats that wear ties and trilbies because they're cool cats. Um. So so again, is that that little bit of fun that we're trying to we're throwing in there? So are the cats controlled by the players, or are they do they kind of have their own NPC phase? No, no, they're they're the they're controlled by the players. Yeah. yeah, they're they're a minion for the soul train. Well, they can that they're aligned to the soul train. They can be used by anybody. Um, so, for example, so so the soul train seven starting characters. You have Erish Gagel, who's the guardian of lost souls uh, in the gates of hell or the, the seven host. realms. Yeah. She's the host. She's the angel, um, and she's a fallen angel. So actually, our starter set doesn't actually have a good and a bad. It has two bad people. Um, we, <laughs> That's awesome. We have uh, we have Barry Black. Uh, you know, no prices to guess on who he's a parody of. Um, we have uh, Stevie, uh, Wondrous Stevie. He he has a, a piano, uh, which is controlled by the keys. But in the piano is a is a machine gun turret that he controls via the keys, and he just blasts people from across the board. Um, you have Keisha, who's playing guitar. You have Ebony on roller skates uh, with two pistols, Ebony and Ivory. You have. 
the cats that run around and scratch the life out of you, and then you also have um, Mike. Yeah, Mike. Mike with his mic stand, uh, and it's a bit awkward between Mike and Ebony because they used to be they used to they used to get yeah, it on. Yeah. So uh, there, there's a bit of there's a bit of friction there. And then with Murder Inc, you've got uh, Moloch, who's the the angel, but he's he's basically uh, sort of been a, a yeah he's a construct. He's kind of been absorbed by a by a statue uh, that was worshipped. Um, you've got Hannibal. Who's got a little war pygmy elephant uh, that charges off and sort of gores you? Uh, you've got Jack, um, sort of a parody on Jack the Ripper, who's he's quite spiteful. Um, you've then got Jess, who's been really, really popular. Uh, she's the girl that we had done recently where she has alternate hammers. Um, we have uh, the vulture, who's really handy, he's like a complimenting character. He can, he can. We have a move called Peck Eyes. So what he does, he flies debuffs, in yeah. and he debuffs people, making them easier to hit. Um, and then we also have within that faction uh, Shikanda, who's very, very good at taking down hosts. So she's really useful. And the last guy we've got is a clown that has a bunch of balloons in different shapes and sizes that flies around the battlefield with a Tommy gun that might accidentally shoot a flag out or might shoot bullets out. <laughs> a clown that alone probably should be in the scary shit i'm bringing <laughs> he is the first person to say that <laughs> he, he does he is scary he's considered to be scary because you know people have a people have an, a, a fear of clowns so we thought well we need to make him scary surely yeah um and and looking at your artwork i'm, I'm perusing it right now i'm seeing the uh jessica and uh you know she does look like an awesome model um, I did see the picture for the clown, and yeah, a clown flying around on balloons. I'm not scared of clown. You know, I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, it's a clown. But um, you know, I know enough people, and I've seen enough people's reactions that I I really just want to go to work and be like, hey guys, check out this, and just watch them better. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be super cool. But it, but it's that again. You can kind of if you're looking if you're looking through our images, you can see there's a humor there. You know the Soul Train. Um, you know they've got a theme running through them. We have Murder Inc. They're just a bunch of murderers, and um, and then we have we have we have quite a few other factions actually lined up. We've got ten factions that have already been designed and already been sort of written up. Um, the other factions that are much more advanced in development, we have the Hyanford, um, which is uh, basically an a beguiling faction. They belong to Siren. Um, they're basically heroes of renown. Um, the siren song is basically she. She's got a bit of an obsession with with human heroes, a bit of an uh, you know uh, 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 an unhealthy uh, fetish for certain uh, prominent characters. Um, you know we've got a childish character in there who who played a game of back salmon uh, <laughs> with uh, with Neptune and and beat him uh, uh, fifty one games to forty nine and has got Neptune's <coughs> trident. Uh, a little bit of fun there. Um, and we've got the Gangbangers. Um, the name might cause a little bit of issue, maybe, but um, it's on the cusp. But these guys work for I don't see why it would. Say again? I don't see why it would cause an issue. Uh, yeah. They're, well, they're... We, 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 we designed it in no way to, but some people have chosen to try and find issue with it, I think. The thing is, a gangbanger is a, what, what I see a gangbanger is actually, and when you Google it, it comes up with somebody who's a part of a gang, and and you know they run the streets and they target other gangs. But but obviously there's a there's a there's a different reason that you can have for it as well. And so so we decided to keep it in the end because we we we've 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 tried our hardest to try and maintain our identity as best we possibly can, and we didn't think that was enough to 
to warrant changing it. Um, so we have those guys, and they're basically gangsters from all over the world. You've got Yakuza in there. You've got some some Latino gangs in there. You've got Crips and Bloods. You've got all sorts going on in there. Um, and St. Peter's a bit of a like a he's like a he's like a mob or a racket boss basically. Uh, and then you've got Death. Um, her 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 backstory is really interesting. She's actually Eve, as in off of Adam and Eve. Uh, basically what happened is we needed to do something different with her. So what we said is that she, she you know, basically all humans are, are a child of Eve. And so we kind of said, well, look, you know, she, she, she wanted Adam to stay. She loved Adam and then Adam got kicked out and she kind of thought, well, look, God will be forgiving. You know, they'll bring Adam back at some point and they didn't. Um, and she kind of got a bit sort of bitter and twisted about it. And then, you know, the children got older and they started sort of, you know, traveling the world and settling and everything else um, and colonizing places. And, and and the God turned up to her again with one of the angels and said, look, you know, why are you bitter? Why do you hate me? This and the other. And, and, and she sort of said, look, you know, I thought you'd bring Adam back. I thought you'd have, you know, you know, love in your heart kind of thing. Um, and he said, look, you've got two choices. You know, you can leave this world and you can, you know, we'll make you into an angel and you can be part of us or actually you can be responsible for your children and guarding their souls as they pass from this world into the, into the, into the, uh, the world of the afterlife. And she took the latter. And then when she was going around and so she has a big pair of scissors, like a really big pair of scissors because she goes around and cuts people's threads. So that's what she does. Um, and when she was going around and doing that, you know, like the, the, her oldest children recognized her and kind of said, you know, why are you doing this? And she couldn't face it, you know. So she created the construct. Death is a construct in our world. Uh, it's made from um, bits of the Ark and old war banners and stuff like that. And, and basically she made this construct so that when she went to claim someone's life, they didn't see who she truly was. And her job in purgatory is that she's, she's equilibrium. She's designed to bring balance back. You know, the world is cracked. The world is broken. Angels are, are here and they shouldn't be. She's trying to set it right. Um, so half of her faction are destructive and half of it are harmonious. And she's trying to right the balance constantly. And then the last faction, well, we have two other factions. We have the refugees of religion, uh, where we have like, <laughs> we, uh, we have kick-ass nuns uh, that, that drive tanks and stuff. Um, we have Mother T, who's like a cross between Mother Teresa and Mr. T. Um, so she's a nun with a mohawk, um, and she's pretty cool. We have Faith and some other characters, and, that, and they're with Penemu, who's who was who's our real first true sort of heroine, if you know what I mean. Um, and and then we also have one last faction, which is in in real development, which is the which is Parlatrix, uh, and these guys are basically science and magic. Um, and they've got uh, a guy called Harat who leads them. He's a Pegator, uh, which is like a cross between a Pegasus and a, and a Centaur. Uh, and, and these guys are all magic and they're, and they're like sort of a bit of a play on characters. You know, we, we had to refine things because we had a character in there called Small Daniels uh, rather than Paul Daniels. Um, but unfortunately, he, he passed and we decided that would be inappropriate. So we've kind of left him out. Uh, we might bring him back uh, as a bit of a homage. But we've got people like Jen and Fella rather than Penn and Teller um, and other stuff like that. So, so, again, there's that humor and that familiarity that we're trying to bring to it. That's awesome. And as I go through and, you know, right about the same time you started talking about Eve, I saw this uh, little old lady with a great big pair of shears. That'd be her. <laughs> and, and yes, you are not joking when you say that they are a big pair of scissors. <laughs> <laughs> 
we just thought it'd be funny, you know, um, this this little old granny sort of dragging a big pair of scissors around. And, you know, you imagine that's coming at you with those scissors. You know, you're running. You ain't staying. Um, so, um, so yeah, so, it, it, you know, it's, it's quirky. We, we, we challenge ourselves. So, like, you know, the best example I can give you uh, off the top of my head, and we've used this example before, is St. Peter. You know, we... So Peter is this typical guy, you know, he's got a really comfortable wooden chair, he sits outside the gates of heaven, he's got his lovely little quill, he's 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 beard that is better than anything a mod can do these days. Um, you know, he's got his quill, he's got his papyrus, he's he's scratching down your names as you enter heaven, you know. That's the that's the image you get. So we kind of said, okay, brilliant, that's great. What else do you see that kind of character in? We're like, well, nightclub bouncer, you know, if your name's not on the list, you're not coming in. So we made St. Peter a nightclub bouncer. So he's got the suit and he's got the little identification badge on his arm. He's got a baseball bat with the crown of thorns on it. Nice little <laughs> touch. But he's also got his sandals and his beard. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at his model right now. And yes, it's that is awesome. <laughs> you're, you're not going to he, He's good fun. <laughs> So but it, but again, it's right. that that's that that's that aspect we're trying to bring. That just that we challenge any any challenge. yeah we challenge anything that's the norm. Anything that we think okay, this is what you'd normally expect. So what what can we do that makes that just that tiny bit different? And you know what? That's that's awesome. You know, in in the uh, you know world of games today, I think I think it's you know we're we're entering or we're in the middle of you know just a great phase because. You can do this, and there's a market for it, and you can spread the word, and people will love it. Not that people wouldn't love it, have loved it ten years ago, but it just wasn't as easy to introduce it to people. You know, I think you're absolutely right. I think um, I think you know. I, I use the term very loosely. I, I consider myself to be a geek. I am. Um, <laughs> that, that's I don't I don't mean that in a derogatory term. Um, but I think I think. You know, there are certain things, you know, you know, back in the 90s, everyone watched Friends. Now, these days, they watch Big Bang Theory. You know, that's a big shift. Um, and people get those jokes about Star Wars and about Comic-Con and cosplay. And, and they get all those jokes now. And actually, like, it's almost like geeking is, is considered to be, like, hyper-socially acceptable yeah. right now. You've got gaming cafes appearing. You've got people playing board games. You've got exploding kittens. You've got um, I can't I can never remember the name of it. That that game where it's just proper close to the bone. That card game, Cards Against Humanity. Oh, cards Against Humanity. Yeah. Yeah, you've got people playing that around the dinner table uh, with a glass of wine after like a three course meal. You know, it's it's kind of like we're in this golden age. You're absolutely right. Uh, yeah, I actually did the that exact thing with a with a family. It was at, it was a Christmas dinner one year. And, um, you know, we invited some friends over and whatnot, and they had never seen Cards Against Humanity, knew nothing about it. Their daughter was in the corner laughing her ass off as we introduced them to it. And it was great <laughs> fun. I mean, you know, they every time they showed up for a party after that, they're like, where's Cards Against Humanity? <laughs> I think it's just brilliant. The game's just the game is just all kinds of wrong. I remember my friend Paul, he introduced me to it. And 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 once I got past the I can't believe you. I can't believe that's a combination. You just <laughs> roll around the floor laughing. Um, but it, but it's, but it's good. It, it's harmless fun. You know, like going back to the gangbangers. It's a name. It's harmless fun. It's not designed to offend anybody or anything else like that. Um, we've noticed something in the industry though that 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 whilst we're in a golden age, there is a there is 
there's something creeping into it where I think people are uh, are being quite um, quite direct and quite uh, vocal about the the clothing that characters wear, the poses they're in, their attributes. If I be polite about it, um, <laughs> and you know, there's this there's this thing where you know we've we've had to answer questions, and and I think you know day job we're both professionals and you know we've answered these and to the best of our ability and actually we've had people say no they were good responses you know well done um but you know people sort of saying to us you know why are you why is why has you know this one guy for example and I, you know, no names he just turned around and said look why is erica girl not wearing any clothes and i was like dude you know appreciate your feedback thanks but with the greatest deal of respect she's the garden guardian of souls at the gates of hell hell's pretty warm she's not going to be wearing a lot and he was like yeah, okay, that's great, but you could at least throw a cardi. And I was like, again, I appreciate you saying, thanks very much, but we've already created a granny with a pair of scissors with a cardi, and we didn't want to repeat ourselves. And we didn't get a response to that, but it's <laughs> it's it's really difficult to, to try and maintain that balance. You know, we've got a really diverse um, group of characters we have. Super diverse. And, and it is, you know, we've got black characters, we've got Indian characters, Asian characters, we've got... Old, young, old, young or, yeah. you know, whatever you want to... We've got everything you can... And yeah, we, of course, we've got some pinups because, you know, when we're not... We don't think we're daft. You know, the market, there's a market for pinups, there's a market for quirky, there's a market for, for soldiers, there's a market for super warriors there's and a market, the for, aliens, the market for angels and, and, a, and a whole of the market for angels so you know we've we've tried to add a little bit of cajun pepper a little bit of, you know a little bit of you know chili sauce and, and a little bit of everything else just to make it something completely different and you know what i i love that you know looking through and i've you know as you guys are talking i've just been scrolling through all the pictures you have and there's lots of them you know different you know green stuff progress or you know the the you know sculpting of the models and you know looking at all of the different models and you're right there are some people that go oh why are you doing this or why are you doing that with your models i've even done it um the most recent one that i've been like why why would you do that was with infinity with the female foxtrot ranger they released for us ariadna they've got they've got all these great models you know, there's a couple of the females that, you know, they're posed a little bit, but, you know, it's it's not enough to... But this one is just how she's standing, how, you know, it's like, why would you do that? You, you've you completely sexualized a model that didn't need to be. You know, she was, she was good on her own, or, you know, would have been fine just, you know, holding the shotgun and, you know, in, in a regular pose. But there's other games that it's like you know what i love that or you know i i love how you know it's quirky it's different it's 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 unique it's especially when you're talking about something that's a huge range of models like like you've talked about you know you've got them going from you know old people you know little girl granny carrying around a a great big set of shears that's you know in a cardigan to an angel that's not wearing clothes they're an angel. They're not bothered. They don't care. I think I think you're right. I think the thing is, we had to set out a stall. You know, we, one of the things that we we, you know, we like to think that one thing that we have done is that we've demonstrated depth. 
We wanted people to to know that we had thought about this. We weren't just two guys who 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 just chucked two models out there and, and thought, lock up two factions and then that's all you were. Yeah, you know, we don't want people to just think, oh, that's it, well done. You know, we want people to see there's a world here. We want people to see the depth of characters, and 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 so as a result of that, we kind of thought, well, we need to make lots of factions, even if we don't fund. You know, we've got all these different characters that people can say, well, you know, these guys have created something much bigger than than just a box with two factions in it. And and I think, you know, you, you touched on Infinity there. Infinity are, are recognised as, as good models. They have a style and a theme. And and what's, what's different in what they've done there is they've, they've changed from, by the sound of things, they've changed from what is typically their theme, their feel, their style, to perhaps attract a different type of consumer. We've tried to do something different to that by saying, actually, our world has something of everything. For everyone. We, exactly, which means that we won't, we're not going to go off on a complete different tangent. You know, we have a phase two. And phase two is already well fleshed out. That's when you're going to start seeing devils. That's when you're going to start seeing nightmares and leviathans and stuff like that. You know, we've already, you know, there's a there's a mechanism in our world. Basically, what happened in purgatory is when the when the fallen angels landed, they, you know, the world took a bit of a hit and and humans suffered from it. And then when the fallen angels revealed themselves, the the, the holy angels turned up to kick their ass, basically. Um, and call them to account, but the earth just wasn't designed to to withstand or to hold energies of that scale. So when you know they're firing bolts at each other and just locking horns with each other and fighting across the battlefield and just culling humans by the thousands, enslaving them and everything else, you know the human just the, the, the world just fractured and split and time stopped, and, and and we created this mechanism because we wanted to bring characters back from the past we wanted jack the ripper we wanted attila the hun in a tutu with a shotgun riding not a horse but a but, but a harley davidson chopper you know we we wanted people to be able to look at that character and go do you know what i've always wanted an einstein i've always wanted a jack the ripper and so we created this mechanism that when the world fractured and split these portals appeared on the planet and what happens is when you in purgatory you can't die so when you die what happens is you you die and then you appear again at some point you don't know where you'll appear you don't know what country what portal you'll appear from you don't know whether it'll be five minutes one hour one week one five year years. ten years but at some point you'll come back. And that's the mechanism for us controlling the number of souls on the earth at any one time, if you know what I mean. But that's our way of bringing characters back from ages past, but having enough room for people to still breathe and eat kind of thing. Um, but but some of these portals have opened up a portal to another realm. So we've given ourselves, again, talking about sort of future-proofing, we've allowed ourselves the opportunity to bring in a more alien species or a different technology or a different race of people alongside traditional themes like devils, nightmares, succubus, stuff like that. Because a devil in our world isn't isn't an angel with, with bat wings rather than chicken wings. He's... A devil is just a different type 
of being at a different stage in the evolutionary chain. Interesting. Um, and I, I love it. You know, I, so, you know, I got to see the rules a little bit early. So, you know, looking through the rules and how, you know, some of the play is going to work. You know, I like that aspect. I've loved what I've seen for the minis. The minis have been, you know, popping up on Facebook and they've been popping up on my feed for a while. Um, I was actually, uh, I was actually pretty, pretty, you know, stoked when all of a sudden you, um, went, Hey, I want to come on your podcast. I was like, Oh, Hey, I was looking for whoever was in charge of this anyways. You know, it, it was, uh, you know, good <laughs> that's times. great to hear, you know, um, you know, we equally, we've seen you guys pop up in all sorts of places and, you know, you've obviously got a great deal of popularity and, and some of the comments and feedback you get, uh, is excellent. So, you know, it's great to, for you to get, to have us on your show. We really appreciate you taking the time out. And it's interesting that you say that, that you, you've been having that sort of slow triple exposure because certainly recently we've been getting a few real sort of people popping up who we haven't seen around on our social media or as, as, as customers before and saying, oh, I've been seeing this for a long time. I've been aware of this. I've been watching, you know, so it's, it's, it's good to know. Yeah. Um... I yeah it it's been it's been months it's probably been um since January February time frame it, it, or it feels like it probably more in the, to the spring where just every now and again I see something about purgatory miniatures and I'm like ooh hey let me go check them out and the first few times I was like oh you know and I would you know ooh you know angels purgatory let me let me see this is uh see what this is and then I'd see, uh, you know, going to Kickstarter in October. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll push off. And then I started going, you know, or, and then you know, looked at it more. It was kind of during a big Kickstarter kick. I, I may have a problem. <laughs> we don't like to talk about that. You know, we, we, you know, it's great to hear that. It, it when you, when you set your Kickstarter up, you know. There, there are companies out there that they know they're going to fund, um, and that's great for them. And we're, you know, every every single company that funds is excellent for the community and for the and for the. Uh, I suppose it's an industry now, really, you know. But but hearing people getting wind of what we're up to that don't necessarily interact with us. You know, we've got seven models that that are that are for general sale. You know, Erish Kagel, for example, she sold out twice over. Um, which is which is fantastic for us, and it's it's really humbling actually. Um, you know, we we pick up orders. You know, they 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 come through during the week, and people pick models up, and 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 you know, it's it's great. Uh, you know what? It is. It, it's definitely. When you see good. a new name. Oh, you you're cutting in and out now. All of a sudden. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. So it's kind of great when you get different stuff come along. It is. Um, and so one of the things I saw it pop up on, uh, on your timeline and uh, Beast of War uh, featured it real quick. And that is your, your starter box or, you know, kind of a picture of it um, to include just the artwork for the box. Um, I, you know what? A box cover grabs me. I, you know, there's, there's no doubt about it. I, I look at, you know, I, I'm a visual person. I like it when something is just like, that looks awesome. 
And yeah, thank you. you know, we, we, we thought long and hard about this. We actually changed box covers. We had one ready and we put ourselves under a lot of pressure actually, as a result. We had uh, what, what is the cover of the rule book was going to be the cover of the box. And people liked it. Um, you know, we listened to people. Um, We're very active on social media, interacting with all of our customers and our, our community that we built. Yeah, absolutely. And we, you know, we want, we, we, we listened to people and they said, look, your box is nice, but, you know, are you worried that people might look past it? Does it grab them? Does it do what it does? And then we said, you know what? And, and Aiden come up with a great idea. Uh, and we said, okay, let's explore it. And, and we, we have this tremendous artist in Lorinda. She is off the chart. Um, and, you know, she done this for us real quick. And what she's produced is just nothing short of remarkable. We're absolutely thrilled with it. So uh, Tim's, Tim's having some issues, so he's been messaging me. For one, he says the clown is his favorite model. That's great. That's, he's not the only oh, person that said, said that. that. No, no, uh, it's not surprising. Tim, Tim likes weird, creepy things like that. Um, <laughs> but then he also, you know, had a snarky note that, you know, when I said uh, the box, you know, it grabbed me and interested me, it, you know, it, you know, this and that. He said, well, that's what a box cover is supposed to do. And, you know, it's that's that's very much a you know, no duh, but that doesn't mean people do it right. Uh, no, you that, know, that's really good to hear that you think we have. Yeah. Um, you know, it it feels like the game on top of that. I just kind of love how you have the gates thrown open, kind of crashing to the side and then like a stick figure walking in in purgatory just kind of scrawled. That was one of the first things I've seen. And I've been like, that's. That is like one of the simplest images in the world, yet it's one of the most awesome because it, there's still so much into it, you know, just composition-wise. You know what? You, you haven't got a camera, but we've just both slouched into our chairs because we, when we created the Purgatory logo, we made a conscious decision to make something that was simple uh, fun, but in no uncertain terms, gave, alluded to exactly what it's supposed, supposed to be. And for you to say that, you know, we had some comments from people about the box, and, and some people didn't like that part in particular, but the, 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 the predominant, the, the majority of people loved it. And, and for you to say that as well, that, that's, that's, that's probably the, the best bit about this evening so very, far. Very really. humbling. Very humbling. Awesome. I'm glad because, yeah, I do. I, I, you know, it's, you've got, you know, a lot of pretty artwork around it. You know, the models are pretty, but it's when you can also take the simplistic and make it awesome that that's really important and, you know, can, can speak to the game behind it, what the game is going to be like, or hopefully what the game is going to be like from everything that I've had a chance to read from what you guys have said it sounds like it's going to hit that mark. Hell, the you know, it's got a mini game that's going to come with it. That alone just seems fun. Thanks. That's that's exactly what we're trying to do. You know, we we think we've we think we've packed a lot of value into the Kickstarter. Yes. Um, you know, we listened and we listened and we learned and we listened. To what people had to say you know we are a small we're two people um we're a small company we're starting um we're using kickstarter for what we feel is the right way 
But but even even though with that, we know we can't just say here's a pretty box um, and here's some nice models. You know, there's so much more to it than that. And and something we we have been big advocates of is trying to cram value into the box and and where we can't quite fit much more in we make sure that the first few stretch goals are really rewarding for people um and you know we we've made it we made a couple of statements like one of the statements we made um was that we've been selling models now for best part of a year and we've sold a few hundred now um probably more and and you know all those people have bought these models from us and they've brought them to paint or they've bought them in anticipation of what we're doing or they've bought them because they just like them and want to collect them. But at that point in time, the stack cards weren't ready because we weren't at that advanced stage. However, every we know who's bought models because we, you know, for good old accounting purposes, we have to record <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um, we're going to send everybody uh, the appropriate stack cards for the models they've already bought free of charge if we're successful with the Kickstarter. Excellent. That's that's awesome. That's always nice to hear. Um, you know, just just getting that little extra something, you know, to you know play the game. I that that warms my heart. It, it does. So we're uh, starting to run low on time, but I want to take a few extra minutes because we keep mentioning that it's coming out on Kickstarter. It's only a couple weeks away. You know, it's starting October 1st or somewhere around there. But tell us some about the Kickstarter. You know, what's in it? You know, what you want to tell us about it. You know, preferably for those of us Kickstarter addicts, you know, how much it costs and stuff like that. Okay, so we've said it a few times. I'll probably say it the last time. We're trying to do it for the right reason. So actually, we're not we're not looking to make anything from this product project. It's it's designed to 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 put purgatory on the map. It's designed to give people something. Um, you know, we've taken a great deal of pleasure and enjoyment from actually meeting people like you um, and and the others that we've come across along the way, but also just the design process and everything else. We've, we've tried to break the, the Kickstarter down into what people find valuable. We try to take into consideration as well the different types of groups that you've got. You have gamers, you have board gamers, you have skirmish gamers, you have painters, and you have collectors. So, you know, we start the, we start the, 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 the Kickstarter itself. Um, we need 10.5K to fund. Um, this was higher, and we've made a decision to to put some personal investment into it again to try and reduce that funding target down because we want people to realize this we want people that have been following us for a long time now and supporting us along the way to to actually be rewarded with something at the end of it so we kind of start with the traditional stuff where you get like a digital download um and then uh, there's the opportunity for the painters now or those people that just want to model because you know, they might be playing Frostgrove or something like that where they want to just pick a model up and go, that fits nicely into another warband. Um, so we have like a pick one model from a defined list for like £10. Um, then we have like a physical copy of the rule book. We, we made sure that we, we'd done a physical copy of the rules. We think it's more important than a download. And that was the feedback we were getting as well. Absolutely. And, you know, they people said that we don't just want to download. There is a download of, uh, option for people, but the physical rules we, we, we heard was important. Um, then, we, then we've kind of got like a, a you can buy St. Peter and you can buy Siren, um, two hosts to kind of change your factions around and, and, and change things about a bit. 
And then we've got um, a three for £25, so you can buy any three models. This will include models that unlock, so if we do get any unlock stretch goals, then um, you get the opportunity to kind of pick from those as well. Uh, then we've got uh, one of Moloch. Moloch is huge. He's 95 mils to the eye. He's a massive great Minotaur. Um, he's he's going to be some real fun for people <coughs> that like bigger scale models. And then we kind of drift into the to the game box. So the game box, we designed the game box with postage in mind. You know, we designed it to be big enough. The box is 24 centimeters by 24 centimeters by 10, and with two factions in it, it weighs about 1.7 kilos. So we kept it under that two kilo mark. But what it does is it enables people to buy one box with one faction. But if they really want to, they can chuck another faction there and the postage cost won't be any more. We've saved money for people that way. Um, and inside, so, so for £55, um, you get seven models. You get uh, each model, by the way, comes with its own unique resin base, resin uh, detailed. In, in detailed infill. So it's like a so you've got your traditional base, and it's like an infill that goes in there. Um, they're all completely different, but they're in in keeping with the theme of the of the faction. Um, they're multi part resins. So you get those bits. You get a physical copy of the rules. You get ten d six. You get one d eight. You get one purgatory dice, which is like a hit dice. Um, you get stack cards for all the characters in the box that, that you've chosen, so the seven characters. Yeah. You get Sandban. Sandban cards to play the little side game for all the characters in the box. Yeah. Uh, and you get 60 Gift of the Gods cards, so you can build two decks from that um, and, and really sort of interchange. <laughs> uh, you, Change things. Uh, you you just cut out there for another second. Um so you were saying the Sandman cards, and then... Oh, sorry, and you get Gift of the Gods cards. So they're the cards where you build your deck, basically. Uh, you get 60 of those in the set. Um, and that allows you to, to, to really sort of flavor, you know, make, make a different deck from the very start. You can personalize it very quickly. Um, and then we have like a, an early bird where if you get in quick, you get, another free, you get a free model, uh, which is the event-only Bobby B model. Um, which is really you know really interesting. You get the extra card and extra base and everything goes with it. Then we have the same for Murder Inc. So it's the same box contents, but you get the seven Murder Inc. models. That's a little bit more expensive because Moloch is four times the size of the other models. So so this one's seventy pounds. Um, again, there's an early bird where you can get Bobby B again. And then here's the here's the value for for ninety pounds. You can get fourteen models plus all of the box content, which makes, if you take everything away, the box, which is cool, the rules, the dice, everything, if you just divide, and we know people do this, if you just divide the price by the number of models in it, you're, you're under £6.50 a model, which is half the retail price. Um, nice. And then we go, That's... sorry. No, uh, I, I like that. Uh, that's, that's awesome. Well, you know, we, we want we want people to get value. We want people playing the game. You know, we want people to have, you know, the idea of making that the sweet spot really is so that people can go home, they have everything they need in one box, and they can tip up at their mate's house and go, Oi, you, I'm having you over the table with this game now, a murder ink, going to pound the Weasley Soul Train into dust, and you're going to do nothing about it. 
So, so that's kind of like um, the, the sweet spot. We have another bit where, you know, the traditional kind of stuff where if you want to you get absolutely everything, you know, some Peter, Siren, Bobby, you know, some postcards, some short stories, both factions. There's like a box for that, which is about £115. And then um, we have a, a, a high, you know, like a £400 goal, but that allows you to get everything as above previously. But I will also paint... Um, as I mentioned earlier, I've won some awards and stuff for painting. So I will physically paint any model you choose for you and send it to you. And that's limited to two people only. And then we have one that's quite expensive, but actually it gives people the opportunity to create their own character. They'll get their own signed artwork from the artist. They'll get their own opportunity to develop the rules for that character. They'll be a unique hybrid character so they can synergize with any faction. So there's no mercenary restrictions on them. And they have the opportunity to have that painted by me. And they get their bragging rights for having that exclusive boutique feel for things and that will just be for one yeah only. one one person only. One only. and then the stretch goals i'll quickly dabble onto those um i'll give some clues away because we've kind of hidden them up so this is a real exclusive for you guys uh the first one uh is some extra some extra cards uh for people um where they can make their decks better it's a specific a themed deck for gift of the gods cards then we have a free model for everyone Everyone can have a free death if we get past a certain number. Um, once we get past that, we've got some free objective markers for people. So some of the scenarios require you to use objectives. These are resin detailed objective markers, just like the bases the models come on. So even if you really wanted to, you could have these as your model's base if you wanted to. So again, there's that interactivity with the you know, interchangeability. Sorry, um, And then we start unlocking factions. Uh, we've got some ca extra characters that have already been developed for the two two factions we've talked about. So you can unlock those and choose a new faction. So you can start personalizing your faction already. And then we start bringing more factions into it. Uh, and then we, we bring towards the sort of 40K mark, we bring in um, the Apocalypse. These guys are nuts. Uh, you basically, you can only have three of them on the board because they are the four horsemen of the Apocalypse. But... We, we encourage people to play a larger game if you want to have all four of them on the table. So that gives some more flavor. The top end, 50K, you get everybody who pledges gets a free devil model, um, which is part of our phase two. We're stopping at 50K, and I just want to touch on this really briefly before you know I stop. Um, we want to deliver this project. You know, I, I personally, I my job day to day is I write multi-million pound contracts, and delivery is everything, and service is absolute key. You know, we don't want to let people down. We want people to get this. And one of the things that we've learned is that just adding stretch goals for the sake of it, all that does is means that you're adding more to make it more difficult. We don't want to do that. We want people to guarantee what they're getting. So we're going to stop at 50K. We're not going to create stretch goals for the sake of it just to generate extra cash. We want people to guarantee what they're getting. And we know we've got the infrastructure to deliver that because we have four sculptors already. We have pedigree in delivering models already. They've, they've been delivered on time and in full and no one's been let down. Um, we have a printer, we have boxes lined up, we have a, a producer, manufacturer who's capable of doing these. We've told everybody when we've engaged with them from the start that this will be a Kickstarter, so there's no surprises later on. We're, we're ready for this. That's awesome. And 
you know, I do love that you uh, have a measurable goal for the Kickstarter and uh, um, stuff like that to make sure that you deliver on time. I know that Tim's cold black heart was warmed up a little bit right there because, you know, that's one of the things, you know, the, there's been a lot. And, the, you know, that's part of some of the negative stuff you see about Kickstarter these days is that, you know, people overpromise and then they go out of business because they've overpromised or, you know, they, they can't, you know, continue, um, you know, that there, there's certain games, you know, may include Martians and, you know, World War One era, you know, tanks and stuff like that. It's, um, it, it, it is a little bit of a secret here, I suppose. We made a decision that we were going to, so rather than going to China and and finding someone to print cheap boxes um, with cheap artwork and cheap print, you know, not to say the quality wasn't there because I, I know the quality is there, but flying out to China just adds cost to the to the process. So what we done instead is we identified what we call mission critical items. These are items that in reading and learning and listening, we've seen other companies have struggled with. And these mission critical items are within arm's reach of where we live. So in the event that there is a delay and, and delays happen, but it's important that we own it and we communicate people and we tell them and we update them what's going on. Um, and, and actually, these mission critical items are, are so so easily reachable for us that we control them to make sure that we monitor them every step of the way to ensure that we don't pass that 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 delivery time frame. And in fact, if we're honest and we'll make the statement now, if we can do it, we will, we will deliver early if possible. That's, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a great way to look at it, you know, because like was already said, you know, sometimes people overpromise and they don't realize it and then they get into it. Um, you know, you've already stated that you're not in it to make money as much as get the game out there because you have it, you like it. Technically, it's still, you know, going to make you money down the line because somebody's going to show up at the game shop and, you know, start playing it. People are going to be like, hey, I want that. And they're going to go, well, these are the people you need to talk to. Um, I know I know for us, we've, uh, you know, we've we've gotten a couple games into, you know, a game store or two. And, you know, it's <laughs> one of them wasn't even ready. He's like, I don't even know what to do. They, they called me up and said they wanted to buy my stuff. I'm like, sell it to them. <laughs> <laughs> but, <Good skills. laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, it might it might be massive for us. It might not. You know, we we're quite humble people and we'll be quite pleased if at the end of this we can fund you know, we know how many people we need to back us at certain levels. We hope we have that following. We have a following of 1,500 or more people on Facebook, which we think is quite good for a year. Um, and, and we're hoping that even like 10% of that will, will see us over the line. Um, and then and then the end of it, we can we can sort of sit back and, and look on the shelf and something that we've we've developed, you know, rules that we've written and, and, and just the thought of people playing just the thought of somebody giving the clap to someone else on our behalf warms the heart. That's <laughs> that's awesome. Um, <laughs> Sorry, a bit of a puerile end to that. I apologize. No, no, I, I loved it. Actually, when you were talking about you know bringing the box over and saying that 
I'm going to, you know, bend you over the table or something along those lines. I, <laughs> I, I had to, you know, keep from making too many comments myself. But, uh, <laughs> but all right, gentlemen, so. it is now getting long. Tim's saying that he's tired or something like that. Um, I don't know. He, he says he's got some echo feedback loop going on. I think he just, you know, didn't feel like chatting. Dick. We are at 1.30 a.m., yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> so we are also tired. And yes, yeah, we're tired. Uh, we're, 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 we're ready. It's we're nice ready and for late. It. So I appreciate you guys coming on. It's been it's been fun. It's been great hearing more about the game. Um, you know what? This is one of the first times I've really sat down and scrolled through all of the artwork, and I you know I I love it. I you know I liked it before, but really seeing. And I went back to the beginning. I actually did a complete circle through. And, you know, I just kept falling in love the more I hit the next button. So, you know, I appreciate you guys coming on. You're going to Kickstarter in in October. Can you tell people where else they can find you? Sure. Uh, we, go to, we go to Kickstarter on the 10th of October. It goes live. Um, you can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash Purgatory Miniatures. Uh, we have Twitter, uh, which is at Purgatory Minis. And we have a website, which is www.purgatory-miniatures.co.uk. Uh, or you can just shout us a message at purgatoryinquiries at gmail.com. And uh, we're always open to hearing from you guys. Um, right. We have one last thing, I suppose. One of the things that we've done is we, we've tried to give people uh, that have backed us before the Kickstarter something back. Uh, we're having a one last event this weekend where we will give people the opportunity to get a, a code that gives them some really, really tricky and unique Gift of the Gods cards for absolute free if they back us uh, with any purchase of any model leading up to the Kickstarter. So if you do and you're listening, have a, have a, have a, come and have a look at us and, and see what you think. That's awesome. Yeah, go, go have a look. Go check them out. Go like their, their Facebook page. Because this this game just seems a whole lot of fun. All right, so Gary and Aiden, I appreciate you coming on, and that's it. Have a good Thanks day. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to another episode of Skirmish Supremacy. To see more of the antics that Nick and I do, you can check us out on Facebook at Skirmish Supremacy. We also have Twitter, which we can be reached at Skirmish Supreme, because apparently Skirmish Supremacy does not fit in Twitter. And if you want to email us directly, you can reach us at tim at skirmishsupremacy.com or nick at skirmishsupremacy.com. Thanks for listening.